What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap, recording at an odd day, a Friday, uh, because of the holiday season here. I was just home for Christmas with the fam. Matt, how was your Christmas? Was it a good one? Merry fucking Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I love this holiday. It's a great holiday. I do too. Uh, though, when it falls on like a Tuesday, I always get so out of whack, uh, forgetting what day of the week it is. It is really weird, especially like work-wise. Like, yeah. Go in the next day. Do not. Yeah, it's really... Uh, is someone really going to email me at that time? Probably not. Yeah. Um, really, it really dampers productivity. Markets were open. Markets were open. Uh, very volatile week in, in the traditional financial markets. We don't even have that on the list, but... Uh, well, I have the government su- shut down on the list. Yeah, that's on the list. We'll get to it. So we'll get to that. Um, yeah, it's been a long week. I'm actually happy that we're recording right now because I feel like it's giving me a sense of uh, uh, structure back in my life, getting some content out there. Um, so I'm very excited for this episode in particular. Uh, and before we get into everything, this episode is brought to you by BlockFi. A lot of people are forced to sell their crypto to pay their capital gains taxes. Don't be one of those people. BlockFi helps Bitcoin, Ether, and Litecoin investors use their crypto to pay for things like tax burdens without having to sell their crypto. By leveraging, excuse me, by leveraging your crypto, BlockFi will send U.S. dollars directly to your bank account in as few as 90 minutes, in an hour and a half. To top it off, the interest you pay on a BlockFi loan can also be written off on your taxes. Let me repeat that. The, t- the interest you pay on the BlockFi loan can also be written off on your taxes. Reducing your overall tax burden, uh, visit BlockFi.com slash Tales from the Crypt to learn more about putting your crypto to work without having to sell. Uh, BlockFi.com slash Tales from the Crypt. And they also have a special deal for you freaks out there. $25, a crypto collateral added to a loan under 10000 and if you take out a loan over 10000 they'll add $50 in crypto collateral. Shout out, BlockFi. Matt, it's been 10 days since we last recorded. Uh, a lot has gone on. Uh, let's start with the hot topic in the streets right now, which is uh, the presentations that went down at the... Uh, I forget exactly what conference it was, but it was uh, a conference uh, basically where people try to come... I'm going to say C43C. Right. It's three five. It was. It's the thirty fifth annual oh, did I of this conference. The hashtag digits? is like. Uh, hashtag, let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, the hashtag's three five c three. So at this event, basically hackers congregate and try to hack shit. And uh, there was a lengthy presentation on a group called Wallet.Fail is the website. You can go check them out there. Really catchy domain. Very catchy domain. Wallet.Fail. And they basically uh, presented a bunch of hardware. Four, four demonstrations. Yes. Of Ledger and Trezor, Trezor hacks. Yes. Um, pretty pretty startling to see. Uh, I, I mean, I think theoretically, like these types of attacks are... You know, you should kind of assume you should assume that that you're they all require physical access and you should assume your well, hardware. One be, did not require physical access. Well, kind right. Right. Kind of. Yeah. Um, because the one. OK, so let's go through the four of them. Yeah. So there's four. Well, the first one well, is I think we should describe the four types of uh, attacks, which is supply chain attacks. Uh, firmware attacks, chip level attacks, and then side channel attacks are the four vectors. Right. Mm-hmm. So the the first one is the idea was you intercept. Uh, they demonstrated this one on a ledger, but you could probably do something similar on a treasure relatively easily. Is they intercepted the ledger ahead of time? 
they installed something that basically simulates the button push, the confirm button. Mm-hmm. And the reasoning there is the whole reason the confirm button exists is because if like the software on your computer is compromised, the user is looking at the display and has to actually press the button with their finger to confirm the transaction, right? It's a, it's it's one of the main fail safes. Yeah, your hardware device technically signs the transaction. You have to hit confirm, right. which sends a message to your computer. So even if the software is compromised, the button still needs to be physically pressed, which should protect you. If you read on the screen, you're like, oh, that's not to the address I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. You don't press the button. So they installed like a remotely activated button that they could remotely click the button. So it would need to be in con- They would have to give you malicious software, feed you the feed you like the malicious address or whatever. And then that last step where you you would confirm it, they could confirm it by if they were nearby and they could press like the button. Mm hmm. Um. Yeah. So that was one, and was that part of the supply chain attack, or just yeah? Somebody... That's the supply chain attack. One. Okay. So because the idea is they're intercepting it before you get it. Well, no, because they they did this with uh, Trezor too, where they they showed how the dude you well the other thing with the supply chain attacks in particular that you have to be wary of is the stickers, the the protective stickers. The stickers that, don't really do anything. Yeah, that they put on the the packaging. Um, people have been known to use like hair dryers to get the stickers off and replace them with another one. Um, in between doing that, uh, opening up the device and adding a similar uh, hack that we just described or something like it. Right, they literally added like an antenna inside the device yeah. to receive the button press. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, you, have to ins- you should inspect these devices. You should order them directly from the vendor. Of course, they can still be intercepted in the mail, like especially if you're... Um, if you're like a known Bitcoin person, if you're a target, mm-hmm. like this is supply chain tax are particularly uh, more likely from like a government because they, they can get into the mail easily. Right. Because it's not easy for everyone to intercept your mail, but it's pretty easy for the government to intercept your mail. Um, I mean, the best case scenario is if there was a place to buy these hardware wallets with cash near you and then you could just buy it in person and be a little Ideally, you'll be able to just go to the factory, watch them get made and buy it. Right yeah, there. right. Um, so actually all of these attacks, if you have a passphrase that's strong, they wouldn't be able to get any funds. They would still have to brute force your passphrase that yes. added. Pa- so everyone should always add a passphrase. Um, and you should, you should operate under the assumption that if, if try, try and make it so it's as difficult as possible for someone to actually get physical access to your device to hold it. Um, okay. So the, the big attack was. So then, the, so the next one was then they they uh, the supply chain attack. Then they they played snake on the ledger, mm-hmm. and that was basically they were showing that they could load an unauthorized bootloader onto it, which Ledger has said in the past that you can't do. Um, oh, and both Ledger and Treasure have since released statements that that updates will fix this in January. Yeah, um, and then actually, let's talk about their statements. Ledger came out pretty ardently, like against these presentations and well, maybe we should go over the yeah, yeah let's, four. Keep let's go over, over the yeah. four so then the third one was the ledger blue which was the short-lived ledger device that was supposed to have bluetooth it's the one with the screen the big touch screen on it mm-hmm. and they never enabled the bluetooth and they just scrapped the whole wallet i don't even think you could buy it anymore it sounds like a terrible idea but this one they were able to sniff with uh, an rf sniffer radio frequencies they were able to sniff the pin presses so they could so this is the one you said oh you don't need physical access to it because Mm -hmm. they could sniff the pin presses but then they would still need to then 
get it, get the device to put the pin in. So you'd still need physical access in that case. But they could see the way the display lit up the lit up the buttons when you pressed it. That's what they were detecting. Mm -hmm. But I thought uh, I thought they also did something where they like remotely didn't touch it and sign a transaction. No, that's the one where they put the button inside of. Uh, where the supply chain attack, where they okay. received it ahead of time, they put a little RF button inside of it with an antenna, and then they could press the button with the antenna. Okay. That that's what I. But was you'd saying. have to be like in the hotel room next door or something. Yeah, you know, exactly. like it's like an advanced. You know, it's it's a sophisticated attack. Yes. This is not something that you could pull off on like a grand scale. Exactly. Uh, and then the last one was the treasure. They figured out a way to when the treasure is updating. They could glitch it out, and this is the worst one out of all of them. They could glitch it out, and it re- and it releases the seed and the pin. Mm-hmm. The, it doesn't really matter that it gives you the pin, because if you have the seed, you're good to go anyway. And then you can just steal all the funds that way. And that's basically, they created like a little device that you take a ledger in, you plug it into the device, it like tricks it into thinking it's upgrading, and can extract the seed. Okay. Uh, now, that's why the passphrase is important, because at this point, if... A passphrase is basically the 25th word of the seed. You know, you have 24 words for your your secret words. The passphrase is a 25th word. So even though they have those 24 words, if you have a really strong passphrase, they still can't get your funds. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, as we said before, Treasure said they're going to release an update for that. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so talking about their statements, Treasure seemed a bit pissed because these guys did not disclose these they found out about these hacks via the presentation like live, right live yeah. which yeah it's pretty shitty they, i think the uh the hacker should have reached out to trezor in good faith right is that the right thing to do uh you know responsible disclosures are like, kind of difficult in these situations yeah when he... so i don't want to really like comment by without knowing the full you know it's a he said she said kind of thing mm-hmm. uh I don't think that this was a situation where it's like a mass exploitable zero day. Yeah. Uh, there, No one's emptying all the treasure and ledger wallets anywhere. You know, they, they even all the ledger attacks, they were never able to pull a seed from any of the ledger devices. Mm-hmm. Um, the treasures, you're protected from a passphrase. They need to get physical access to the device. Uh, people have warned. War, you know warned us for ages you know don't uh if if someone like a state actor or someone who's sophisticated is with your treasure by themselves trying to break into your treasure they can probably get your seat out like that's what you should assume can happen anyway yeah these are very elaborate um, yeah uh, so like if it was like some kind of zero day where like they could dump every blockchain.info wallet because it's online, right, or something, mm-hmm. and, and and just steal a shit ton of money because it wasn't responsibly disclosed, I would say, then that'd be a lot worse, right? Yeah, totally. Um, and it was nice how thorough they were, and they demoed everything, and they had stuff on video. Yeah, and these guys... And they open-sourced a lot of the code. Yeah, and these guys had to make very specific hardware and firmware to, uh, to make these attacks possible. It was, like, very hard work on their part, like, the... Yeah, like you said, to think that they'd be able to do this in mass is, is very highly unlikely. Um, yeah, one of the guys they worked with was Salim. Uh, yeah, the 15-year-old. So he genius. had already broke, remember, he broke into a treasure a year ago or two years ago. Probably uh, a year ago, yeah. For someone who needed to, uh, that was one of my first thoughts too. I was like, you know, there's like a couple lucky fucks. 
that are like they haven't been able to get into the treasure for like the last eight months, but they still have it, and they're like, oh, finally I can extract the seed. <laughs> so you know, there's a bright side to that side of the yeah, story. silver lining, silver lining to this. And if you ever like get locked out of your treasure and you don't have your backup anymore, you should just hold on to it for a year or two and wait to see if there's a vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. So just, again, keep your, your treasure and ledger, your hardware wallets uh, safe and in a safe spot that nobody else knows about. Um, and you should be Passphrases. Passphrases as well. If you don't have a passphrase on your wallet, it might be worth it to you know move your funds, create a new one, and uh, then move them back. Yeah. Uh, I like for cold storage, you, you should use multiple methods to store your Bitcoin. Don't store them all on a ledger. Don't store them all on a treasure. You know, you, you use different methods. You have a, a good cold storage method that I like is pretty easy is if you use Tails. Um, Tails is a Linux distribution that you can boot up onto any computer using a USB uh, stick. And it has Electrum built into it. So you can use... T- Tails either with a treasure directly in Electrum, or you can create an Electrum wallet in Tails offline. Just write down that seed on a piece of paper, and then you have a pretty good cold storage wallet that's never touched the internet because Tails isn't on the internet. And then when you pull the USB drive, it erases everything from the mm-hmm. computer. That's pretty sweet. And if you want to access it again, you just plug it back in, relaunch Tails, and then you put your seed words into Electrum, and you're good to go. Yeah. So That's a good segue about Electrum. Yeah, good segue about Electrum. So those attacks that we just described are elaborate and, while a little scary, they're probably highly unlikely unless somebody gets access to your device, or impossible unless somebody gets access to your device. Uh, Oh, and it's another, another reason... Another thing to remind people of here is like this is a perfect example of why it's important not to tell people you own Bitcoin or like as few people as possible, uh, because if they don't know you have Bitcoin, they're not looking for your treasure to begin with. Yeah, Matt and I right? don't own any Bitcoin. Yeah, um, I don't even know what Bitcoin is actually. Yeah, is it twenty two million of them? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but those attacks, while while elaborate, uh, highly unlikely, uh, more likely attack and an attack that has been exploited uh, very. Uh, very vigorously here in the last few weeks is Electrum. Um, users of Electrum Wallet are are trying to send transactions and seeing an error screen pop up, which tells them that they're on the wrong version of Electrum and they need to download a new one. It then sends them to a GitHub account where they can download the software and then it's malware. Um, so they download it's the a ma- fake GitHub. Yeah. yeah, it's a fake GitHub. It's a malware that they download and they're basically sending Bitcoin straight to to an attacker. Yeah, then, then the attacker just sweeps the wallet. Yeah, um, and takes all the coins. Yeah, so this is a social uh, combination of a social and uh, it's a phishing attack, basically. I mean, I would say that this is Electrum shouldn't allow, and they're rushing out a fix now. There's not a fix yet. They blocked the they blocked the actual GitHub page mm-hmm. that was serving the malicious content, but but the same hackers or a different group could just create another page and and serve the same pop-up and the issue is is that electrum uses anyone can run an electrum server Mm -hmm. and electrum by default picks a random server you can use your own server then you're immune from these attacks but how hard is it to run your own server what's the process it's pretty easy it's called electrum personal server they have a separate client for it Mm -hmm. um you need to have a full node though a bitcoin full node that's the hard part yeah which has become easier and easier um but so so what the people are what what the hackers are doing here is they they're running a malicious electrum server the user is opening up their electrum their client is randomly connecting to one of the malicious servers 
And then the malicious server is able to send this pop-up dialogue with the link to update and everything. That should just not be allowed. That's yeah. a, that you know that's an issue on Electrum's side that is going to be patched up that shouldn't have been a hold to begin with. Should uh, have like push notifications to update. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, I mean you should have to update manually. Or at least don't allow the Electrum servers to push anything mm-hmm. because anyone can run an Electrum server, so they shouldn't be able to push you know messages to the. Yeah, it's, so yeah it's a big it like looks like a, a legit dialogue box that like pops up like that should just not be possible. Yeah, and I think what was it, how many Bitcoin got taken? A lot, seven hundred, no. seven hundred thousand dollars worth. It's um, like two hundred k Bitcoin, right? Seven hundred thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. Two hundred k Bitcoin. Two hundred Bitcoin. Oh, two hundred. Two hundred k Bitcoin. I don't know. Bad, bad math. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you too. Oh, that's way better. Only two hundred Bitcoin. Yeah, only two hundred Bitcoin. Seven hundred thousand. Okay, so that's not worth. It's way less worse than I thought it was. Um, Um, That's a material amount. Don't blindly click updates, people. Like when your money's on the line. Yeah, well, and it also highlights the effect. Like talking, keep staying on the uh, topic of attacks, like phishing attacks. Like you're most likely to get socially engineered into these attacks and like physically attack so just be wary of every link you click like every website you go to make sure you're going to official websites uh with especially with wallets just manually type them in don't even trust like a google link or anything like that yeah and you want to confirm the hash and signature on the on the web page yes you can do that as well github is nice because on github they they like build it in so it says like this this link has been signed by the the creator of the github Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah, so just be wary. Just adversarial. Just be paranoid at all times. Uh, I mean, then after all this is said and done, someone can just hit you with a five dollar wrench attack. Anyway, that, that as well. Um, yeah. So the, those are big attack news this week. Oh, and then the other thing with Electrum is that you could actually do a multi sig. We were talking about this the other episode. You could do a multi sig wallet where one key is Electrum, one key is Ledger, and one, one key, key is, is Trezor. So then all three devices would have to be compromised, or two of the devices would have to be compromised to take your money. Yeah. Just, you know, use different methods. Be creative how you store your seed, you know, everything. You just be creative and compartmentalize that shit. Well, to be a, a, bit, a bit of a, a hard-ass here, it is hard. Like, this never... Do you think this is going to sell socially to the masses? I think... Being your bank is always going to be difficult. Yes. You're you're being your own bank, right? No, that's what I said on Peter's podcast. It's an unsolvable problem. Yeah. But, but it it's is getting easier and it will continue to get and easier. And it is a worthwhile endeavor, I would argue. Um, and like you said, it is getting easier. I believe it will get considerably easier in the future. Um, but it will always come with anxiety. It will always come with pressure and stuff. Why? Because like you're the one who's responsible for it. Mm-hmm. It's responsibility. Yeah. And you can't solve responsibility. That's just what it is. Yeah. So definitely uh, spread out your responsibility. And yeah, I mean, for some people, like, look, I fucking despise custodial solutions, right? But for some people, you know, you have 20% with Zappo or someone who's doing custody for you. Like, that might make sense for your particular situation. At least then, you know, you fuck everything up. Then you only lost 80% of your money, (laughs) 20% of it's safe. And if they fuck you, you still have 80% of your money. So work that all into your balance. Yeah. No, it's important. Uh, Important things to think through as we uh, endeavor 
deeper and deeper into this weird rabbit hole that we find ourselves in. Um, let's get some some good news here. New Jewel version out, and Pierre's node launcher has been iterating at lightning speed. Pun Dude, his intended. node launcher is way easier to use now than before. It's just uh, he's polishing it off. He's got guides out. Like you have no excuse. Just if you're bored this weekend, or even if you're not bored, go and uh, launch a launch a Bitcoin full node and a lightning node on your computer. Pierre's so busy building out the iterations of this node launcher that he has no time to to respond to haters on Twitter, which is I like. This I, is good to see. He literally was just like, "Fuck it, I'm doing this, guys. We're getting to get as many people on lightning as possible. It's the most badass. It's the most badass thing. I fucking love it." It's uh, what, um, the new Jewel version, which is cool, is it's in the fucking app stores now. Yeah, it's in the app stores and Google Play. You can get yeah. on Firefox. Official extension. Uh, so now you have really no excuse. It's super easy to set up. You just install the Jewel extension. You run his node launcher. Um, I don't think the Casa node is compatible with Jewel yet. I, I think, think they have to figure out something with the macaroons. Yeah, the, <laughs> the naming is so weird. Uh, they. Uh, yeah, but they're they're having they're they're talking with each other. They're gonna make it happen. Yeah. Um oh shout out we got a noddle coming. I'm excited about it. we should get it in the next week. Oh yeah. Uh always oh, shouting out to Noddle. They're iterating at lightning speed as well. Yeah, so we'll discuss that on the next episode. Um yeah, but just that, that I thought that was really exciting. Jewel the lightning network keeps growing, capacity keeps growing, a lot of lot of good news on that front. Yeah. Uh and it's it's again to stay on this topic for a bit. It's crazy how fast it's all happening. It feels like there's there's been a tipping point. Uh, well, you really see like the beauty of the whole layered scaling idea finally coming to fruition, because we have like a whole set of developers that are like, we're doing it live. Like we're going, we're just going balls to the wall. Everything's getting going really quickly, and that's lightning, right? And they're just trying all these different things, seeing what works. And then you have layer one development, which is always slow and conservative. It's like two completely different yet like complementary yeah. uh, paths. Yeah. No, it's beautiful to see. Um, and did we talk? So speaking of protocol level development, did we talk about the first Schnorr proposal? I think we did. Did we talk about that last week? Yeah, we did because we yeah. were talking about our bit devs too. Yeah, um, yeah, no. So it's innovation at the protocol and second layer. Uh, it's heating up. It's great to see. And I was talking about that with Peter. Like uh, this year, fundamentally, uh, is the best big position Bitcoin's ever been in, and I think it's a product of the fact that we had such a long scaling debate, and we finally can move on from that debate. It's crazy when you think about it. Like Bitcoin had no business being at $20,000 last year. Yeah. Like compared to this year, last year, the fundamentals were fucking crap, right? Yeah. You had Bitmain was like this scary behemoth. You had Bitcoin Cash that just got a ninja launch on Coinbase. You know, no one really knew what the fuck was going on. We had just finally got CME and CBOE. Like it was completely, Lightning Network was just a nascent, it was still, it wasn't even like publicly launched, right? Like the whole Reckless thing was like in January or something. Yeah, and the network couldn't handle the stress. Like the, the like. Right, exchanges were crashing left and right. Yeah, blocks were slow, fees were high. Um, wow, fees are so high. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think fundamentally, like, so we have SegWit adoption rising at a, at a steady pace. Lightning's growing exponentially, um, and so this allows us for the next bull run to be more efficient. Hopefully, 
the base layer is more efficient and the fee uh the yeah, we f- have cash app we have robin hood which is custodial but i don't know i, I don't want to throw robin hood in there i don't know i think robin hood is people don't like for our age group like robin hood is basically an etf for them they weren't going to have custody if they trade an etf either that's true they open up their stock app and they click the Bitcoin button and they can buy it. They don't have to worry about storing it. They don't have to worry about anything else. Like I would never use it. But I think it's a major it's gonna be a major, major like if they're not playing funny business, it'll be a major, major so called on ramp for exposure. Yeah. No. Um Yeah, so fundamentally I think as we round out two thousand eighteen here, uh never been better. It's only getting better, more promising. Uh and hopefully we can we can get uh, as efficient as possible before the next bull run. And it'll be very interesting to see how, uh, um, in particular, the fees uh, sort of react to to more stress on the network. Given that Segwit's a thing, lightning, um, lightning, uh, more better ex- fee estimators, better fee estimators, uh, better practices with batching at exchanges and stuff like that. People are more informed. Yes, um, wallets handle everything better. Yeah, so it'll uh, hopefully. Hopefully the next stress test, uh, Bitcoin does a little bit better. We'll see. Um, switching to geopolitical in Bitcoin, India, notoriously uh, notoriously bad vibes towards Bitcoin. It seems they may be loosening those bad vibes. Some some good, like Bob Marley vibes are coming into India, and they're they're thinking about loosening the regulations. Uh, I think it came out. There's been the some government entity came out and said they've had multiple conversations and definitely want to. Uh, to be more accommodative going forward. Yeah, it's like the lamest great news ever, right? Yeah. yeah. They're like, we're not going to outright ban it. That would just be idiotic. Yeah. We're just going to heavily regulate it and, and and make it a little bit easier for these banks and stuff to work with. Yeah. And then you have this, I don't know if this is on the list, but then you had like the Fed come out and say that uh, government-run cryptocurrencies make no sense. Uh, and I think they called out Ripple too. But I, wasn't that like a little bit old? I don't know. I thought that was like a little bit older. It was like an older post that was like circulating. circulating I think you're thinking of the Philly Fed uh, paper that came out earlier this year, um, where those those uh, the economists at the Philly Fed in particular wrote something on cryptocurrency, and they said something in a similar vein. But I think uh, this was right. I know that one existed too, but I thought this one was also not recently. But either way, yeah, they get it. Yeah, they were like, well, the whole point is censorship resistance. So if we control it, then it has no point." Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's out there. Um. <laughs> our boy Rhett Creighton, he his spot got blown up this week. He's not our boy. He's not our boy. I hate that phrase. You always use the phrase. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. BTCP Bitcoin Private, much hyped. Uh, much shitcoin. shilled. I want to say hype. It was shilled pretty hard on, on Twitter. Twitter. It was shilled so hard. Yeah. Um, so what they did was they 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 took Z Classic, which was a, a fork of Zcash, which was a kind of a fork with Zcash. It was it was Zcash without the. It was a brand new UTXO yeah. set, so it had no founders reward or anything. So it was like. A fork, as in Litecoin, is a fork to Bitcoin, yes, right? Yes. Um, brand new UTXO set. Come out with Z Classic. They pump Z Classic for a bit. Everything's going to shit. It's really just a shit coin with no real usage or anything. So they presumably buy up a bunch of Z Classic for really cheap, and then after they do that, 
they announce Bitcoin Private, which is going to, they're going to take Z Classic and they're going to fork Z Classic. They're going to airdrop, they're going to fork Z Classic, rename it to Bitcoin Private, and then airdrop a shit ton of Bitcoin Private to current Bitcoin holders and pretend it's like some kind of merge fork, even though it's really just another altcoin fork with an airdrop. And the price just fucking pumped through the roof of Z Classic. And it tanked, and then and then it tanked before Bitcoin Private. Like really, it is all tanked together. The best time to sell it was like right before the fork happened. And I personally think like there's no hard proof about any of this, but I personally think that Rhett and his and his team they all sold their Z Classic before the fork even happened, right at the top. Um, because then after Bitcoin Private came out, it was like basically just a dead coin. Yeah, and to add salt on the wound of that pump and dump uh, apparently when they did fork to Bitcoin private, they had a, a secret $2 million or excuse me, 2 million Bitcoin private uh, pre-mine. Right. They added more coins to the supply secretly. Yes. Which is very 2 million more of them, which I would argue is very unethical. Um, and now, and Rhett is like pretending he had nothing to do with it. And they're all like blaming some, anonymous contributor which that, is really convenient and he reviewed the code i mean somebody basically found the github repository. But the guy who put it in was approved on github by ret yes um he blocked me because i called him a scumbag he blocked me and unblocked me he unblocked you because well, he blocked me like i have this great thread where i'm just like don't buy z classic it's all bullshit blah 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 and he blocked me because of that that was like eight months ago or whenever all this shit was going on a lot of people shield that shit. Yeah. Um, it's just another case. So Coinmetrics broke the story. We have the, we're going to put the link in the show notes. It's a really interesting read. Really great work by them. Shout out Coinmetrics. Um, Incredible blockchain analysis company. Yeah, there's one of the best sites. It's like a key tool in my Incredibly toolbox. Incredibly ethical blockchain analysis company too. Completely free. Yeah. Very powerful. Um. But yeah, I mean, I can't say that any of us are really surprised. Like, this thing was already super scammy. All, like, I don't like to use that word um, because I think it reduces its effectiveness. But this was a scam. Like, this was, well, that's what it was. Let's use this as an example of caution for the future. Use this as a heuristic. Like, if people are shilling uh, something as hard as they were, Z Classic and Bitcoin Private, uh, just take that as like a sign of caution like uh, maybe maybe these people have perverse incentives which in the long run it turned out they did um with the pre i mean the pre-mine is an overt uh perverse incentive yeah i mean it's so weird because they literally could have had as much of the supply as they wanted the way they designed the way they designed it that they were using like Z classic as this vessel into Bitcoin private. Like they could have gotten unlimited Z classic basically at like nothing negligible prices. Cause it was worthless before they announced the, they're just like automatic money. So like why even go through that extra hurdle or yeah. that extra scam? Um, nah, but yeah, yeah don't so, trust verify. Yeah. And don't trust rec anymore is a serial scammer. Um, Speaking of scammers, we got Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, and the Bitcoin private team has acknowledged that this pre-mine exists. They confirmed the findings, and they said that they are going to... So the coins got moved to the shielded pool, 
which is because it's a it's a Zcash fork, right? You have the shielded addresses and the non-shielded addresses, but they don't know they because it's a shielded pool. They don't know which coins are the are the Ill- illegitimate coins and which ones aren't. So they're just removing the. They're going to fork out the whole shielded pool together. So it like forks out like a like twenty thousand, thirty thousand legitimate coins along with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which um, is interesting. But it's, it's a not. shit it show. Matter. Don't even like. It's, yeah. it's all. It's all. But the sh- important part was that they acknowledged that it that it does exist. So so you have confirmation. No one's arguing that this pre mine didn't exist. It's, it's all pageantry at this point. I agree. I agree. Okay, we can move on. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Marty. Yeah, and moving on to more pageantry, Facebook, they're coming out with a... I don't know if it's a stable coin. People assumed it was a stable coin. I think they just said they're adding... Uh, Bloomberg said it was a stable coin. But I think it's one of those things where they... they oh, I mean, it's not... Yeah, I, who the hell knows? It's all speculation now anyway. But I think a stable coin makes the most sense for them to begin with. Because it's... It's cleaner from like a regulatory... Like, uh, if you can't you can't have... Facebook can't have like a free floating token getting pumped and dumped. Yeah, no. I I don't think I think it's way cleaner for them to just, you know, issue some boring ass stablecoin and integrate it across their line of products that's like exactly the same as like Gemini, USG or whatever they call it, USDG, GUSD. Good or bad for for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, do you think? You know, I think it's complimentary. Like, I mm-hmm. think if, if it's open, uh, if if you're actually, you know, able to, like, trade, if it's on, like, an actual public blockchain or something, like a Stellar token, I think it's going to be on Stellar is my guess, but if it's not, because Ethereum just can't handle it. But if it's on, like, a public blockchain and you can trade it for stuff, then it probably makes access to Bitcoin easier. It's obviously not censorship resistant, uh, so it doesn't actually compete with Bitcoin, but, like, it might make it way easier to buy Bitcoin and sell Bitcoin. Well, that and then, like, do you think it's sort of a, a, a first step, a first entry for a lot of new users who sort of get comfortable with the Facebook coin and they're like, all right, I'm ready to move on to Bitcoin. You think it'd be something like that? Except that they're going to probably... Or you think they would prefer the Facebook coin to Bitcoin in the long run? No, I think Facebook, it's in their nature to, you know, hide the nuts and bolts. So I'm not sure, like, people will see, you know, like a real open kind of product yeah like do you think they're gonna have like you send to an address or do you think you're sending to names i have no like idea. stuff like that right yeah. um maybe they'll have an event i think what would be really interesting and i would really not like them to do this but it'd be really good for them is if they rolled out a bitcoin if they rolled out a bitcoin wallet and maybe you know some of the other top some of the top altcoins uh like a bitcoin ethereum wallet maybe just keep those two they could instantly become one of the major wallet providers between WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, and they have all this information on people. So they'd be like the number one chain analytics, a chain analysis company, right? Like they could track transactions like crazy, and it'd be so easy for them to monetize that. And then they could just throw their stable coin in that wallet with the other two. <sighs> That's that would be the smart move. I really hope they don't do that. It <laughs> would be a scary, scary future. Ah, that's actually that's a good, very good point. The biggest chain analysis company right off the bat, if they want it to be. They'd be the biggest wallet and the biggest chain analysis. They have so much information on people. Yeah. 
I deactivated my Facebook. Oh, yeah, mine's deleted. Um, haven't been on it in a while. So, yeah, that's hopefully, coming up. Uh, hopefully, they- Jack can beat them and integrate integrate Lightning into Cash App and then Cash App into Twitter. Yeah, when is uh, when is Facebook dropping this? No one knows. Um, they no, say they say in 2019 on the article, right? But no one knows. They might never drop it. Yeah, we'll see. They're working on it. Or at least uh, it's reported that they are. Uh, government shutdown. Back to politics here in the U.S. Uh, the government is shut down. We can't decide what to do with this goddamn wall. Um, yeah, I, I, you put this on the list. Is there anything in particular? Do you want to talk about it? I mean, I... Do you have any comments? Uh haven't really been paying attention too much. The uh, market has been has, has been kind of uh, very volatile. Yeah, I think we had we had the biggest uh, one day advance in the Dow, a thousand plus point day in the Dow on Wednesday, I believe. It was definitely the the highest in a while, right? Nah, was it? Ever? It was the highest ever. I'm pretty sure. After you know, after we've been a precipitous falling. decline before, um, so very volatile. I feel bad for the fund managers that uh, after Monday's session uh went net short and then got immediately margin called on on wednesday yeah it kind of felt kind of crypto-y right yeah it did um they, meanwhile they're like freaking out about like two percent moves three percent moves right <laughs> like oh wow but the government shut down like what has like, like six days seven days now something like that yeah like how long is this expected to go on um are they until they until trump gets his wall is the plan yeah but like how long is like are people <laughs> predicting that will last i don't know i think we had one didn't we didn't we have a government shutdown yeah like in 2012 i think the opposite way right yeah but i don't think that one lasted that long i don't know anyway and the whole time trump is 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 threatening to fire which i'm not even i don't even think he can he's threatening Powell. he's calling out a uh, chairman yeah, Powell. or at least take him away from being the chairman i, th- I think he's we we talked about this we discussed this i think he's trying to uh create a public fervor to to sort of force a resignation. I think that's the only way you can get him out of office. I just, I feel like there's like a little narrative forming here mm-hmm. where like Bitcoin has been falling a lot, if, if you haven't noticed, in the last, the last year. But it's starting to... Stabilize. We've seen some big updates the last couple of days. And is it, it could either be, you know, like a dead cat bounce or there could be like some narrative here that you know why am I trusting these people with my money? They can't even keep their own house in in order, and you know Bitcoin is sixteen thousand dollars cheaper than it was last year. I might I might be better off buying the Bitcoin. That is a narrative. I'm not yeah. sure. That, I'm not sure that that's what's driving price. But um, I said this on uh, what Bitcoin did too. Like I think 2019 will be the year where we figure out if Bitcoin plays into the macro scenario at all whether it does or doesn't um it'll be a very trying year i mean things are very frothy right now in the geopolitical uh landscape so um hopefully it would be sweet to see bitcoin as like a sort of separate asset that people see as a quasi safe haven i mean it'll be the first global financial crisis where bitcoin exists right yeah so we shall see um hopefully it's ready for it um i think i think things are getting better as we discussed earlier We'll see, though. Um, it definitely has sh- shown some very strong stability the last two weeks in particular as the stock markets around the world have sort of puked. It's Yeah, I mean, right? It yeah. didn't dump. Yeah. That's a positive. Yeah. Um, civil? What is civil? 
Civil relaunch? Civil is like the horrible journalism I see. Oh, yeah. That like yes. was a miserable failure and like all the like make culpas and stuff were getting released afterwards where everyone's like, How could we have known? Everything went bad. No one got paid. I got robbed of my time and my money and the contract was bullshit. You remember reading all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're relaunching. <laughs> what? With the new ICO. Oh my god. They haven't learned a fucking thing. They're like, oh, we the model was wrong. We're just we're gonna relaunch. So I just thought that was the gall, know. the gall of that team. And like they don't get bad press because it's it's all journalists. Like the whole idea is that it's supposed to be journalist owned and like change the journalist business model. So they they don't, they got good press again. <laughs> right. Ridiculous. It's um all right. Anyway, don't buy that ICO. There's scammers everywhere. That's, that was a topic on Twitter yesterday. People don't like things getting called scams. You know what? I don't give a shit. Well, I, you know, I, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this is definitely, I don't know if this is a scam as much as they're just fucking idiots, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and then uh, segueing to, to a hot thread today, Tur Demister has uh, toured a force, a magnum opus of a thread detailing Ethereum's history and the reasons why he's uh, he's bearish and sort of skeptical of their long-term plans and the viability of their, their roadmap in particular. Uh, we'll obviously add the link in the show notes. Highly recommend you check it out. Uh, obviously, this is something I've been talking about for a while. I have a thread of my own that's been documenting their their quarrels throughout the, the last year and a half in their transition to proof of stake. Um, I think Tor did a really good job of of laying out the sort of inconsistency of the view and the moving goalpost. And if you freaks are listening out there and are heavily invested in Ethereum in particular, I highly recommend you check it out because he makes some very valid points and it's something I agree with, even though I have friends, again, I have friends who are very bullish on Ethereum and I love them. Um, I just do not see the long-term viability of this project. I have friends that use Ethereum. That's pretty funny. They build on it. No, I just, I, I, it's like, I'm not a racist. I have a black friend. <laughs> that was what I immediately yeah. thought of. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, that was, I, I immediately thought of you when I read that thread because of your, because he talks a lot about the proof of stake and how it's just constant, constant delays. And is it ever actually going to happen? And that's what your thread is about. Yeah. Um, I think. That there's this weird idea in this space that if you don't think Ethereum is valued properly, if you think if you think Ethereum's overvalued that it's a flawed project, that that means you think every project is flawed. And it's all started with the Bitcoin maximalism meme that that Vitalik created. Um and which basically just dismisses any critic of Ethereum and says, well, you just don't like Ethereum because you only like Bitcoin because it's not Bitcoin. Uh, and I that that doesn't make any sense to me. Like we, we should people should be able to objectively, you know, state their 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 opinions of these different projects, Ethereum included. Yeah, and tour and to take it further myself or we're only using empirical data like we're using we're looking at the things that have happened in the past and the promises that are coming in the future and just saying there's basically what you've delivered up to this point i don't know if you're going to be able to 
your your it seems as though their dreams are getting grander uh to think that they're going to be able to successfully do that based off their historical performance i i just don't see it yeah i mean i agree i i i don't i'm not very optimistic about ethereum's future um with the caveat that I've never been optimistic about Ethereum's future and it went to $1,500. All this other shit happened while I, you know, didn't think it was going to go anywhere. Uh, so, but yeah, and I, I don't think, I don't think you can just dismiss, dismiss our criticisms just because we think a, a different project is better like that. It makes sense that we would think a different project is, is much better. I, there's so many things that are wrong with Ethereum that, just created like a precedent yeah. uh, in the space, like the whole ICOs. And then they like set up it as quickly as possible. So like the tokens will all be really easily like the main use case. And they put their advisor ships all over all the different ones and the sketchiness around the pre-mine and the way the ICO initial distribution was just all of this shit. Uh, and the Dow, obviously yeah, they opened up Pandora's box to like, all the shady shit. Yeah. Not shady shit, but just like, oh, yeah, shady shit. There was a lot of shady shit that uh, the Ethereum platform enabled last year. Um, but, eh. I mean, Bitcoin enables shady shit too. I just think that like, we're in the middle of a bear market. Everyone's being like, way super salty. And like, we should tone back the salt a little bit. Like, you don't need to, I like, I loved her. I agree with like, the majority of his points. But like you don't need a, like a thirty-five 50. tweet, th- fifty-tweet thread about why you think Ethereum is a failed project. We we've been talking about this for years, you know. And it's just you're just trying. People are just going at each other, and I I prefer to go at each other during the bull markets, you know, because then there's less. It's it doesn't feel as doesn't feel as dirty. You know, like all there's fair, people that like lost. All is fair in love and blockchains. All right. I mean, I guess, I guess so. I just, I personally think that we, you know, be a little bit less salty. I agree. Less salty, better. We should be more optimistic. More. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, if we think Bitcoin is going to be the base of a of a brand new global financial network that's censorship resistant, then none of this other fucking shit matters, right? Let's focus on the goods. That's true. Put your head down. Focus on what you think is uh, most advantageous. Move from there. Let's be a little. Let's sh- be a little nicer to each other, myself included. I'm exactly. Not the, I'm not the nicest person in the world right now. I could be nicer. Me too. Are we making resolutions right now for 2019? No, we're not. I'm not going to be that much nicer. <laughs> but I just, I just, it's be aware of it. Be aware. Be aware. Um, also, be aware is are these Bitmain layoffs officially confirmed? I think so. Yeah, cut, uh, laying off uh, up to 50 percent of staff. I think even more. I think somebody said 85% of staff. Yeah, so this time last year, Bitmain was like... The boogeyman of Bitcoin. Exactly, and now, now they're struggling to get by. The boogeyman has been uh, reduced to a mouse. Uh, and again, uh, it took big risk. Bet big on Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, they overextended themselves. Yeah. Uh, the Icarus story of, 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 uh, of Bitcoin's early, early phase, I would argue, early era. They had really good timing. And for their strategy of going like super leveraged all the time and we're able to get big really quickly. And then finally, you know, we had a big bear market and they just made the wrong bets and it just 
Okay, and next. I think it's great. It's great for it's great for Bitcoin. It's great for the industry. Maybe that's like a good heuristic. Uh, be more conservative during bull runs and more uh, more aggressive at the at the lows of the bear market. Yeah, it's just a good strategy for life. Yeah. I. Uh, that's that's like a bold prediction I'll make, is that I think that, I think Bitmain will be. Bitmain was like the last greatest mining centralization threat from a manufacturer point of view. I like that prediction. We shall see how it plays out. Uh, I believe that Bitcoin mining, manufacturing, uh, and the actual uh, act of doing it is getting more decentralized uh, day by day, month by month. Um, On that note, GMO went out of business. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they took some big bets too. Um, yeah, they came in this year. They're an intern. They're a Japanese tech company that's huge already. They're like a behemoth, mm-hmm. and they, yeah, they just they swung and missed, and they're out of the Bitcoin mining game again. They wasted like, I have the link there. I think I think they wasted like eight hundred million, close to a billion dollars. Well, they were mining as well, yeah, with their own machines. So they made machines, and the machines weren't competitive with other mining machines. And then on top of that. They were mining with them. So when the prices fell, everything just. Yeah, they got screwed. And they're not hodlers, so they just fucking cut and run. Um, yeah, so GMO. Uh, well, that's, a, I mean, another caution. Like, if you're going to get into the mining business in particular, you better know what you're doing. Uh, have all your ducks in a row and make sure you're getting a good energy cost. And Yeah, they got swept in by the bull run. Yeah. Um. Staying on layoffs, consensus is having layoffs as well. Did we talk about that last week? I don't think so, did we? I think it came out afterwards. Yeah. Um, consensus is... Uh, Joe Lubin's company. Joe Lubin's company. Consensus is the notorious uh, sort of venture capital arm of the Ethereum ecosystem, if you will. As many as 60 to 50% of the company's employees could be let go. Uh, that's coming from TheVerge.com. Uh, yeah, a lot of people... Um, this was part of why I brought up the saltiness because yeah. people were being kind of dicks about this. Uh, you know, this is what we all expected. We all expected that consensus was was overextending themselves. We've said it a million times throughout the bull run, right? You don't have to keep repeating it after it happened. You know, we were right. Or do you? Do you have to... to- to sort of cement it in people's minds like hey you could say it once maybe yeah. twice right but it was like pounding yeah i don't know if i don't even think i touched on that uh in the bent i tried to stay away from it um uh, but yeah that's happening and that uh just yeah sorry for for all those people who are um now looking for jobs post consensus um but that is uh i mean it sounds a, like they saw it coming yeah they Probably saw it coming, but like as a sign uh, at where we are in the phase of this bear market and getting closer to capitulation, this is like sort of the sign that people have called out in general or uh, in mass. Like Joe Weisenthal, when he came on Tales from the Crypt, said like you'll know we've hit capitulation when there's mass layoffs at, at consensus. I think he said specifically. So um, <laughs> maybe we're getting closer to a bottom. Who knows? That may be a sign. I mean, like consensus is the is the Ethereum juggernaut, right? It's Lubin's like personal army. They have 
Invested All in these Fura, MetaMask. Fura is the big one, right? MetaMask. And Fura runs basically the majority of the Ethereum nodes. Runs the network. Uh, so there, but but it, we saw story. Some of the stories that came out were crazy. Like he had like a chief anarchy officer that just was like his job is to just like fuck with the organization or something. What an ironic. They title. had they had no organization. They were completely overextended. And when it all came back crashing down, you know, I don't know. It's hard to have that much sympathy. Yeah, um, it's the natural course of events. Yeah. Um, back to more. Uh, technical stuff. Bitcoin hash rate has sort of stabled. I think the hash rate's actually rising again a little bit um, after hitting a floor after four consecutive downward difficulty adjustments. Um, it's amazing because people are freaking out about the mining death spiral. Yet Bitcoin's hash rate over the course of the year has doubled from nineteen to thirty-eight x a hash. I believe. Yeah, we're at right now. Our hash rate is about where we were five months ago. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> That and that, no, and it's uh, it's actually it's important that we have these downward difficulty adjustments and the the hash rates sort of level off and adjust to uh, the demand of the network um, to basically prove a long term. Hey, this actually works. Like the design of the network works, and uh, that gives me more certainty as a Bitcoin holder. Is like, hey, I know the underlying mechanisms that keep my money secure are are working. So, yeah, it's really nice to see the. To see the hash go back up, you know, as the difficulty drops down, price comes up a little bit, profitability increases, and then hash comes back online. Yeah. It's kind of beautiful. Yeah. And then um, we're having hash rate level out, and then we're getting volume back. So highest volume in seven months uh, around this time of year. Who highest knows? volume ever for Tether. Oh, for Tether. Really? Yeah. Highest, vo- highest single day of volume for Tether was this week, and we've also had the biggest week of trading volume in seven months for both bitcoin and ethereum yeah so it seems uh who knows if that's like late end of year uh tax selling to 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 write off a loss maybe that could be it who knows that's another narrative that's been floating around out there but uh regardless network activity hash rate is leveling off network activity starting to peak again who knows whether it's due to end of year factors whatever but it's good to see i just i I wonder, like the the government's going to be such like. Do you think they're going to take your 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 tax loss right off? For they're going to be now that we're going to see, they were like so quick to take everyone's tax money during the bull run, but after this year, when everyone's going to be writing off these, like they're all of a sudden going to be like, well, we can't verify it. How do we? The exchange isn't giving us the proper information or the proper reporting requirements and stuff. I bet that's what we see prediction for 2019 we will see who knows um last topic you have on here Vinny and civic our boy arjun balaji wrote a scathing uh critique or not a critique he just basically it was a critique yeah a critique and a detail of uh civic the the project and their decision to to neg uh the use of their token um and uh to neg it what do you mean or or basically they're to they basically have admitted that their token is is worthless but are still using it oh yeah you don't need to use the token yeah the token was like bolted on after the fact and now they're adding like some kind of staking element to try and give it value yeah exactly um 
so go check out Arjun's piece. It was written in the block uh, last week. Uh, yeah, and they're they're claiming partnerships with all these people, and they're they partnered with Dentacoin, which is a yeah. The Dentacoin partnership really pissed me off. Yeah, and Vinny said it was an endorsement. I'm like, Vinny, it's an endorsement. Like that's yes. ridiculous. Yeah, um, they literally put Vinny's face is on the press release saying, Dentacoin. So happy to have a great project like Dentacoin working with Civic. Dentacoin, like Dentacoin, is a project for dentists to. Like what? How does it still exist? I I don't know, but this Civic's partner with it, so it must be legitimate. It's like one of my favorite shit coins, though, Dentacoin. <sighs> There's something specially absurd about it. It, is it the- also has like a huge coin count, so like it looks like it's cheap, but it's like number eleven on Coin Market Cap or something ridiculous. What if dentists are going crazy over Dentacoin? What if like the at the dentist conference around the country and around the world, people are 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 raving about the future of a Dentacoin driven dental mean, industry? Definitely the worst timeline, right? Is that you need to go buy some Dentacoin to go to the dentist, <laughs> right? Oh, if the if the dentist experience wasn't miserable enough, uh, try buying a token and, and interacting with that. Uh, that service with it uh, it seems like it would just be an added layer of misery but anyway Vinny like Vinny's a fucking hypocrite and he like always sits on his high horse like I, I warned you guys about the bubble because like, he famously like called the top at 1200 uh, two years ago and and then said afterwards he's like I didn't want this bubble to happen it would have been so bad but he just made a shit ton of money off the Civic ICO. It's a completely worthless token, and it's just really nice to see Arjun uh, lay down all the facts about that. Yeah, and I'm going to call him out. Vinny's a scammer. I said it. I said it, freaks. Vinny is a scammer. Um, that's all we got on the list today. The Bitcoin Oracle. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, what else is going on? What else do we have going on here? Oh, I met, a, I met one of our listeners yesterday. Uh, Dergigi. Shout out Dergigi. That's got us. at D-E-R-G-I-G-I on Twitter. Yeah, he actually just wrote a good piece on... Uh, yeah, we talked about that piece. That was great. Yeah. We should plug that in the show notes. Yeah, like the philosophy behind Bitcoin and how he came came to understand it and the journey he's gone on. Uh, shout out Dergigi. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, really chill dude. Yeah. We had a great conversation. Thanks for listening to the pod. And he gave us this... Uh, this interesting, to say the least, uh, Austrian uh, liquor. It's a spice from Stro 160. It's 160 proof, 80% alcohol by volume. Uh, I think I think their Gigi might be trying to kill us. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this shit could kill a horse. <laughs> uh, I definitely want to get some advice on how much to drink before we dive into this. Uh, but we appreciate it nonetheless. It's a, appreciate it very much. We yeah. we appreciate all of our. It's very low liquor. time preference because you know we're only only gonna have like a little bit at the time, so it's gonna yeah. Last this is us gonna last s- seasons upon seasons, <laughs> not just one episode. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. So I hope you freaks are enjoying the holiday season. Uh, I hope you've had a great 2018. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is the last. Oh, it's the last episode of 2018. Yeah, last episode of Tales from the Crypt uh, Network. This was a great year. This is a fantastic year. Yeah. How long have we been recording? Since September, I believe. Time flies. Flies. Um, Looking no, forward to the year ahead. I think I've I've grown personally this year. It's been uh, felt like a productive year. Looking back, I feel like adding you to the uh, to the network has been a powerful move. I think people are liking it. Um, thank you for joining us. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, we don't have any big plans for 2019. We're just going to keep doing this and 
We have huge plans for 2019. Well, we're going to start off 2019. I'm going to have to spend a shit ton of money on on you and Murad's dinner. Uh, and then and then we're going to we're going to ride Bitcoin to the moon. Yes. And actually, for any of you freaks that are in and around New York City on January 3rd, uh, Iterative Capital is hosting uh, a a uh, basically a 10th anniversary uh, party for uh, the Genesis block, uh, the beginning of Bitcoin. And there will be Matt and I will actually be recording a live episode of the Rabbit Hole Recap for the guest at the event. Uh, we'll post it later that night as well. We are going to be able to post it, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the, actually, before we, we record our episode, the CoinPod boys are going to be doing their, doing their thing as well. Um, so we'll be following them. And yeah, so January 3rd at Rise VC, we'll put a link to the Eventbrite page. If any of you New York freaks are out it's $10 there. $10 per person. Yeah, it's $10. Nice and cheap. And uh, it'll be a lot of quality Bitcoiners there. They don't accept Bitcoin, right? I don't think Eventbrite does. You're going to have to use your dirty fiat for this. Um, That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to see you there. Um, you just dropped your pod with uh, Pete McCormick. Yeah, Peter That's McCormick from What Bitcoin Did uh, had me on his podcast. It was a very lovely time. It's uh, interesting being on the other side of the interview. Um, that's something I need to practice. So I was happy to get a rep in with Peter. Uh, I definitely need to refine some of my arguments, I would argue. I really enjoyed it. I actually listened to the majority of it today. It was very good. And I really enjoyed your headshot that he Aww. put up the headshot of you. Thank you, sir. I'm I'm actually going to go on with Pete soon, too. And... Uh, I hope he has fun with my my blurry Avi. <laughs> um, yeah, so now you freaks know what I look like. Uh, that's all we got for this week. It's a really stunning photo. It's a great photo, Marty. Yeah. yeah thank you. Um, peace and love, freaks. Well, I hope you freaks enjoyed that episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. We covered a lot. Uh, thank you for rounding out the year with us. We really appreciate it. And another shout-out to this week's sponsor, BlockFi. BlockFi is leading crypto-to-USD lender in the U.S. with services in over 45 states, but you freaks already know that. They uh, let crypto investors use their Bitcoin, Ether, or Litecoin for things like buying a house, paying off credit card debt, or even buying that Lambo you've been saving up for. Uh, I would save up for something else, but if you want to buy a Lambo, BlockFi can help you there. Visit BlockFi.com slash Tales from the Crypt to learn more about using crypto without having to sell Special deal for you freaks, you know it already. $25 of crypto collateral added to loans below $10,000 and $50 of crypto collateral added to loans of greater than $10,000. Excuse me. Um, shout out to BlockFi. Go to BlockFi.com slash Tales from the Crypt. Peace and love.